We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. TNT. I'm a power load. TNT. Watch me Good evening and welcome to the Andrea K Show. It is Tuesday. Two weeks and counting down to the most important election of our lifetime. Some people are saying that we're, it's actually about eight years past the most important election of our lifetime. I say no. I say there is still time to turn this thing around. In fact, time. My guy DJ Carrot Sticks, he, kind of, he felt like time was kind of a good theme for tonight. Huh, DJ? We are down to the wire, although a lot can happen politically in two weeks. That's like a lifetime. That's like dog years. You know, hey, thank you for joining the Andrea K. Show tonight. It's always an honor to share this time with you. I'm sharing it with, of course, DJ Carrot Sticks and all of you out there, uh, my bed, my buddies, my support system on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, I got to thinking tonight as I was coming in, you know, we, we're going to be talking a lot tonight about rigging. We talked about rigging last week. We, we've talked about different versions of rigging because this election is they're doing everything they can to rig this election. And there's lots of different ways that it can be rigged. And we've talked about all the different ways. We're going to spend a little bit more time talking about that tonight. Hope you're not bored with that topic because it's a really important one. And that's one reason why they tried to they tried to shut Trump up. They tried to ask him a gotcha question because discussing rigging, whether it's the polling, the media, whether it's the machines themselves, election fraud and the variety of different ways that you can rig an election. That's the new area of shame game for us. Oh, you say that you think that the polls or whatever is rigged. Oh, you're just crazy. You're like you're like those crazy science deniers. who don't believe in, in global warming. They try to shut us up in spite of all the evidence. Um, I actually got tickled. You know, I go out to all you guys um, out there on social media for ideas for the show and topic ideas. And when the subject of my social media comment of the week actually is involving rigging, and it comes from Gordon Collins, a new friend of mine on Facebook. And he says, a lot of voting's already underway, by the way, in most states. His comment was he handed his paper ballot in, put it in the voting machine, and he asked somebody at the polling station how to know if the machine cast the ballot accurately. And he was told that he needed to, quote, trust the machine. And his response was brilliant because he said, I voted against the machine. And I thought, how absolutely perfect of a metaphor that is, or analogy. I don't know. Is that an analogy or a metaphor, DJ Carrot Sticks? I'm going to say uh, metaphor. That's a, I thought that was a brilliant metaphor for what this entire election is about and why they're having to try to rig this election through a variety of different means, whether it's the media, the polling, the machines themselves. 
because that's what we're up against. We are up against the machine. I almost feel like some kind of 60s flashback, you know, throwback to the 60s to my parents and grandparents' generation by saying that. Because, you know, isn't that what the left is supposed to be about? Supposed to be against the machine? And what is the machine, actually? The machine is really the swamp that Donald Trump talked about when he gave his Gettysburg Address, actually, this weekend, in which he laid out his plan for the first 100 days for America. And I thought he did a brilliant job in not only delivering the speech, but also in, in terms of his content. If you're, just, if you're just tuning in, this is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170 KCBQ. And he said, we will drain the swamp in D.C. and we will replace it with a new government of, by, and for the people. See, they know. Why did, why did they have to, why did Hillary Clinton have to, have to collude with the DNC and with her super PAC to try to send Donald Ducks and all kinds of people to try to incite violence at Trump rallies? Because they know that this is a real movement. A real movement of people against the machine, people against D.C., and they are scared. they got to do everything they can to try to stop it. But she's not alone in terms of who the machine is. He goes on to say that Hillary Clinton is not running against me. She's running against change. Actually, she's running against us. And her partners in this are not just the media. And not just the left-leaning media, but also media people that are supposed to be conservative who are actually a part of the machine. They're actually just as much a part of that D.C. swamp as Hillary Clinton. In fact, they're as fraudulent. I posed out there today on Facebook, what's more fraudulent than Hillary Clinton? How about the elections that's being rigged? Actually, how about the fraudulent people in the GOP that are part of the D.C. swamp who pretend that they're conservative, pretend that they care about the people, pretend they care about the voters, but they really don't. He goes on to say, and so Donald Trump knows and the people know that he's up against the machine and that the machine also includes the Republican Party. He went on to say that he was going to have a new contract with the American voter and it was going to begin with restoring honesty, accountability and change to Washington. Those three words. Man, that's that just is a stab in the heart of Paul Ryan, Boehner, and all the other Republican phonies who've been telling us, like Trey Gowdy, you ain't got any teeth on that little attack dog. We've talked about him. They, they say that they're about restoring accountability and honesty, but they're not. I loved how he explained in his speech about the media, about the machine. See, the machine uh, is the establishment. And the reason why it's us against them is the power that they have over us. When Hillary Clinton's WikiLeaks email said that they wanted to continue to conspire to have an unaware and compliant citizenry, that's also the game that's going on with the Republican Party. And they are all conspiring to keep us unaware and to keep us compliant, to keep the boot on us. And he explained in here in the media, he says, when a simple phone call placed with with the biggest newspapers or television networks gets them uh, wall-to-wall coverage with no, virtually no fact-checking whatsoever. He says, here's why it's relevant to you. He says, if they can fight somebody like me who has unlimited resources to fight back, just look at what they could do to you, your jobs, your security, your education, your health care. This truly is. Two weeks isn't a whole lot of time, but it, it is enough for us to mobilize. 25 million Christians and conservatives did not come out and vote in 2012. And they didn't vote Enough in 2008 either. In fact, there was too many people that voted out of white guilt voted for Barack Obama. This machine 
already has too many American people unaware and compliant. And that machine includes the Republican Party. We're going to take a break and we come back. We're going to pick it up on the other side of the break and we're going to talk about the machine and what's involved. We're going to talk about actual machines and the rigging that's taking place with them. Rigging right now. We're going to talk about the machine that's going on in in the rigging in terms of all kinds of uh, polling and election fraud. We're going to talk about the rigging that's going on in the media and with Paul Ryan himself. So this is the Andrea K. Show. We're raging against the machine tonight. Don't go anywhere. More of the Andrea K. Show on the other side of the break. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. I'm super excited to have my next guest. He's been on quite a, quite a bit of times before. It's Gerard Lamero. Before I go to Gerard, though, who's, who's calling in to talk about the rigging of the polls and whether or not we can believe them and what's going on with the polls, I was talking about, I was talking about future President Trump's speech that he gave at Gettysburg in which he talked about restoring honesty, restoring a government to the people. And about how it re- this really is an election of us versus them. And we've got this one man who's willing to do it for us, who's standing up against the machine for us. He closed by saying change has to come from outside our very broken system. He says the fact that the Washington establishment has tried so hard to stop our campaign is only more proof that our campaign represents the kind of change that only arrives once in a lifetime. Man, this is it. This is absolutely it. He says, I'm asking the American people to rise above the noise and the clutter of our broken politics and to embrace that great faith and optimism that has always been the central ingredient in the American character. I am asking you to dream big. The polls right now, what's going on with the polls, are meant to take away your dreams of a restoration of a government to the American people. It's to make you feel defeated, to make you feel like that machine is so big and so powerful against you that there's absolutely that it's over, that it's done, that it's that it's a fait accompli, that Hillary Clinton is the um, the um, going to be the inevitable winner of this election. Gerard Lamero, welcome back to the Andrea K show. But you don't think you don't agree with that narrative, do you? It's great to be back with you. And no, I certainly don't. Uh, I have been saying since my book came out, I have a book on this election called Great News for America, came out in January. I've been saying since then, it's going to be a landslide victory for someone who espouses conservative principles. 
And Trump has shown to be one who does exactly that. His uh, tax plan is a supply-side tax plan. He wants to rebuild the military. He wants to uh, populate the Supreme Court. He probably will have four nominees he can make during his first term. And uh, his list of uh, people that he wants to pick from, they're all rock-solid constitutional conservatives that believe in law and order. So although he is a populist officially, I tell you, he sounds an an awful lot like a conservative. Well, he is a conservative, and the problem for the Republican Party is that they're not. One of the things that— Yeah, in fact, Breitbart had a great article the other day about Paul Ryan talking about um, really, you know, so much— you know, talking about in the debate and other conservatives talking about these WikiLeaks and how Hillary Clinton had said it was revealed that she had a dream. She had a dream, Gerard, of open borders and open trade. And you know who also has that same exact dream? Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan, the, Breitbart's article it compared them between uh, Hillary Clinton had said at one point when she was a senator in, Cal- in uh, New York, she said, you know what, I'm just as much a senator for the pin job province in India as I am in New York. Paul Ryan has said that being an American is an intellectual idea. He's actually part of the the same group. There's no difference, no daylight between him and Hillary Clinton when it comes to globalism, when it comes to open borders, when it comes to open trade, when it comes to the concept of doing away with the nation state. He actually and he actually came out and said the other day and I've got uh, teed up behind you. I've got a scandalous story about what's going on. We uh, about uh, election fraud going on here in California and nationally. And Paul Ryan actually had the nerve to come out and say uh, that there was that uh, he knew that these elections were going to be uh, handled um, uh, with the utmost integrity and absolutely fully confident that the election will be carried out with integrity, even though there's rampant re- reports of election fraud going on. Uh, you know, he, he, we know whose side he's on, and it's and it's not the side of conservatism or Donald Trump. Well, I'll tell you, the establishment Republican Party and the establishment Democratic Party have clearly been out of touch with the American voter. And this is for years. And uh, we know about the 2010 election where people wanted Obamacare defeated. And uh, they they gave the House to the uh, Republicans. Unprecedented historic election. 63 House seats changed hands to do that. 2014, we won the Senate. They said, we can't do it. We need the presidency. Okay, now it's time to vote for the president, and Donald Trump is going to win. And I predict now, my forecast model, I don't poll. I go below the polling numbers and look at the underlying things like voter intensity, voter momentum, voter turnout, a lot of other variables that most people don't take the time to look at. And I'm projecting a Trump win by a popular vote of 4.7% and at least 86 electoral vote victory. Now, how are you basing that model on what? Because, you know, whether you believe the actual regular polls or whether you believe the daybreak poll, which is supposed to be the most accurate, which has Trump up by one percent. How can you be so optimistic? Well, I've studied every major presidential election in great detail. That is sort of my foundation uh, for a lot of these predictions. But I've also determined uh, over the years that there are a lot of numbers you can look at that are very, very important. And I've been uh, 
working on this for literally decades. And let me t talk about the polls because I want to answer that question that you asked uh, earlier. Uh, just to give you an example, there are at least three major issues with the poll. There's actually, I wrote an article with about 10 issues on the polls, but, but let's take the three top ones right at the moment. One is a lot of these polls are oversampling Democrats and undersampling Republicans and independents. Isn't that convenient mm -hmm. for having uh, Hillary up high when you oversample Democrats and you undersample Republicans and independents? If you follow Gallup, which is a legitimate organization, they say that in 2016 there are 29 percent Democrats, 26 percent Republicans, 42 percent independents. Well, in one major poll, they sampled about 35 percent Democrats versus 29 percent. Mm -hmm. they, they only looked at about 30 percent independents versus 42 percent. Believe it or not, the independents are breaking for Trump. Mm -hmm. And that means when you undercount independents, you're undercounting Trump. When you overcount Democrats, you're undercounting Trump. So they're doing that left and right. And, of course, the numbers on those particular polls come out uh, lopsided for Clinton. So those numbers are not not, I think, as accurate as they should be. But there's more to it than just that. There's also the Democratic, uh, I'm sorry, the demographic uh, group oversampling. Uh, for example, they assume that uh, Hillary's just going to walk away with every black vote. But let me tell you, there's two things going on. Right now, in some of the in-depth um, looks at the black voters as one group, and we look at all the groups, and that... Uh, uh, Hillary is losing maybe 10% that aren't going to show up and vote because they don't like her that much. <laughs> they, th they think she's corrupt and she hasn't done anything. Neither have the Democrats done anything for them. So she may lose 10% just because they don't like her. And then Trump right now is, is averaging about 16% versus typically maybe 7%, like Romney might have gotten 7% in some states of the black vote, and he's looking at maybe double that. Mm -hmm. That makes a huge difference, especially like in Ohio, that would give the state to Ohio automatically mm -hmm. if everything else stayed the same. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you that the democratic group, the demographic groups and how those are counted within the polls, you start with the poll and then you have to kind of work toward the main population from those numbers. It has to do with their assumptions, and their assumptions, I think, go back to 2012 in a lot of cases. They're mm -hmm. not today's voters. Right. Uh, if, if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Gerard Lamera about the polling. I've got a question for you that somebody posed to me today. I don't recall, even in 2012 or even in the midterms in 2014, such an obsession with the polls. Everybody's talking about the polls. We usually don't hear polling conversation all day every day among average Americans why do you think that is is it, is it because the media is driving this and trying to tell us the media machine think, trying to trying to drive the narrative and the American people are waking up to it and pushing back just like they're pushing it back against other elements of the machine well let's let's face the reality the mainstream media is in the tank for the Clinton uh, for the Clinton campaign and for the DNC and for the Democratic Party they are in the tank that's what the WikiLeaks are telling us that you know stories had to be approved by John Podesta before they could be published it's like John Podesta is the major editor if you will right. for the mainstream media that's absurd they are trying to make news with these polls and the kind of news they want to make is 
discourage those conservatives, discover, discourage those people who are for Trump, so they'll stay home and Hillary will win. And people say, well, why should I, why should I bother anymore? You know, right. it used to be they would give, you know, the exit poll out ahead of time. So, for example, they tell you that uh, so-and-so won Florida or won other states, uh, and then you find out that the voter turnout in California is dropping during the day because they figure the election's over, why should I bother to vote? Right. That's what they're doing on a big scale. They're trying to say, oh, this election's over. You know, Trump, no, no way he's going to win. It's, it's, it's right. all for Hillary. Right. Well, yeah, you know I would what? really – go ahead. Not the reality. Well, I would the reality. Well, I would really love to see the polls if, if we hadn't had a media research center put out a report uh, today. Uh, they've gone back through, I think it was 500 or some uh, – 588 evening news stories. 91% of Donald Trump's stories have been hostile. Ninety one percent. They spent uh, hundreds of minutes on these, you know, stupid women's stories, um, you know, and spent, I think, two minutes total on uh, Benghazi. Uh, you know, they did one hundred and two minutes. No, it was one hundred and two minutes of these uh, the his treatment of women. It was a 15 to one disparity in terms of discussions of Bill Clinton's past treatment of women. Uh, Thirty three, you know, um, a total of like 60 something minutes of Trump on tax returns. Um, like five minutes of something from Hillary Clinton. I mean, it's just ridiculous how slanted um, the the media coverage is. They spent um, 60-something minutes bashing Trump on something. Her basket deplorables comment um, got two minutes. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it would be, she would have already left this country in shame had the media been doing their jobs. i uh, got to leave it there. Final thought before we got to go? My final thought is go out and vote. And and vote for the right person and vote on the issues that matter, like global security, illegal immigration, our economy. Her tax plan is going to put us into a major recession. And I'm a, talking as an economist. And and Trump's tax plan is fantastic. It's going to increase our growth. We're going to have more jobs. Just look at the issues. Trump beats her on every issue. Yeah. And the issue is not what he said to Billy Bush in some dopey audio, you know, video comment on a hot mic. In 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, five years ago. Exactly. Or, or any of these other haints who have come out of the woodwork trying to derail him. Gloria Allred should be ashamed. Thanks for being here, Gerard. You betcha. You have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Okay. Um, Fraud. Election fraud. You know, Paul Ryan said he's just so confident. He's just so confident that this election, uh, after Trump said he wasn't necessarily going to just accept this election, you know, results. Why should he? Al Gore took us through 30-something days, multiple lawsuits in the state of Florida. It had to go all the way to the Supreme Court. How many millions of hanging chads were involved in Florida before they finally gave it up? In fact, we couldn't even have uh, W. Bush couldn't even couldn't even do anything with his cabinet because they refused to concede and wouldn't even allow him to do anything to prepare for any kind of transfer of power. He couldn't even get his cabinet sat until June. And Paul Ryan comes out and says, oh, I'm just so confident. In spite of the fact that a Washington Post report came out in 2014 uh, that said that um, showed that non-citizen foreign nationals illegally voting in, in the U.S. likely gave the Democrats the pivotal 60th vote necessary to pass Obamacare, which we're going to talk about a little later in the show. We are hearing reports today that that machines all across this nation, Republicans are going to vote and the vote they vote Republican and it automatically switches to Hillary Clinton. That why in the world 
Has any Republican Party or any state election commission allowing George Soros to install machines at any of our polling places? I reported a couple weeks ago about Virginia, where we had 1,300 or something illegals voting in nine districts there. We had a terrorist who shot up a mall in Minnesota who had voted three times in past elections. We have rampant voter fraud. But what we did not know was what was going on here in California. And with me now to share this and this this what's going on here has been suppressed. I don't know all the details because this and the story is breaking, you know, as I was going to the show tonight, nobody has reported on this story before about what's going on here in California. Jason Miller, what the heck is happening here? Well, it's a complex issue, to say the least. And this has been going on for the past 11 years. Now, Andrea, I know you're a smart person and I know our audience wants to be a smart voter when coming out. Now, have you ever heard of the National Voter Registration Act before? Uh, not unless that's the motor voter. No, that was passed in 1994 by Congress. Also passed was the Help America Vote Act, and it is part of California's law under Section 303. Okay. Now, what has happened, there is a report out there that was done by the U.S. Civil Rights Commission. Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, that is a group, an additional arm of Congress. Now, what happened is there is a, uh, this report, which has been redacted, has not been released. Uh, the uh, a group of uh, who investigated this brought this uh, investigation to light last year in August of 2015. This was a six-and-a-half-year investigation. Now, here is what they... Uh, Who was the group and why was it redacted? Well, the group, I can't state what is going on, is because what happened is the 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 stuff that came to light was so damning for the state of California. For example... Tell me, before you tell me the examples, why was it so damning and why was it redacted? Because the federal government want, it was stepping in on it because uh, the regional manager, the western regional manager for the Commission for Civil Rights that had this hearing back in August 28th of 2015, this was last year, he wanted to clean this up. People within the federal government, I can't say who, but people within the federal government uh, told him, no, you you cannot touch this. You cannot leave it alone. This will make us look bad. This will make... You can't uh, say who because you're not allowed to or because I, you don't I know who it is. A, I signed a confidentiality agreement. The group who provided me access to portions of this report, which I'm going to be giving you in just a moment... Uh, had me sign a confidentiality agreement because this report is not out there. And this report is not out there because it was so damning. It was so damning, they fired the Western Regional Manager. And he was here in California. They fired him. I can't even tell you his name. He's uh, moved out of the state. He's not even in the state of California. Is this the guy who was getting death threats? Uh, well, he de- is getting death threats. He was. He, and he is now, we believe, his life is in danger. The group who has provided me this information, we believe his life may be in danger. What did you find out? Well, there is what we found out. And this is, as I said, part of the six-and-a-half-year investigation. Okay. In the state of California, there was 30, 30 to 37,000 deceased voters on the rolls in the state of California. In the state of California, Andrea. Now... 3,600 voter fraud crimes were committed statewide. 2,500 of those were doubled. 53,000 were registered in 16 different counties. And 2,300 of those crimes happened in probably one of the most populated counties in the state of California, Los Angeles County. And here is the big part of it. 
the L.A. Uh, LA County District Attorney has only prosecuted two since this report came out. Two. But do they know? But they know. Who- they know this is going on. And what happened is, L.A. Uh, they forced L.A. County. The commission forced L.A. County to clean this up. This thirty to thirty-seven thousand number, because this actually happened in the, inside their county. Okay, right so here. so what happened with our next guest? We've got Diane Bouchard on the line. Uh, Diane, welcome to the Andrea K Show. Thank you very much. So tell me your story, have, Diane. What what happened with you? Well, I've been voting by absentee ballot for 40 years, and my ballot did not come this time. And I spent the last three weeks trying to find out what happened to it. I finally went on um, lavote.net to check my status, and they informed me that I uh, voted. It was received, verified, and counted by the registrar, and I did not send it. Wow. That is not my signature, and obviously they didn't verify it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what do you do next? I have called everybody I possibly could, the fraud line, and I have tried to reach the uh, registrar many times, and they just put you on hold. Mm-hmm. One time I waited two and a half hours and finally gave up. Wow. No one will, will tell me how I rectify this error. Or how I, it happened. I mean, how, I don't even know how something like that happens. I don't know. My pamphlet came in the mail just fine, my sample ballot, but not my actual ballot, my voting ballot. And I've never had this happen to me before, but I'm not voting by absentee ballot anymore. Well, I think that's one reason. Texas has an investigation going on right now for absentee ballots. There's something like 20,000 absentee ballots that um, they have found that at least, I think, 2,500 of them have been fraudulently sent in. Um, You're only allowed to witness one person's absentee ballot. They've got people doing multiple witnessing. It's just that's an area that's just absolutely rife. Uh, for well, what was very scary is this afternoon when I was in my doctor's office, I mentioned it, and four of the people were in the same boat. They had not received their ballots and were two weeks out. So yeah. I sent to lavote.net to see if they've mm-hmm. been scammed like I have. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Keep us posted if you find out you know any more about it. I certainly will, and thank you very much. Thank you. Now, one note on this, Andrea. Did you know the past two Secretary of States here in California? Now, it is the uh, it is rules in every state under the National Voting Rights Act that uh, the Secretary of State should train every county within mm-hmm. their state. Now, the Secretary of State has told this group that provided this uh, report to the commission in the hearing last year that they are not responsible for vo- uh, training people at the restaurant voters so on top of all these issues going on we have people who are running the polls and i'm not going to name any particular counties here in california but you can get where i'm going that and not anyone within the restaurant voters here in california in any of the counties are as properly trained because the secretary of state is refusing to do their job because the federal government is sitting down on them now what this group is what this group is demanding is that this 2015 commission, uh, a commission on Civil Rights report be released, be released, right. because it is being held back. Now, there's two ways to do this. You, the public, you can call your congressman. And trust me, we have tried calling Duncan Hunter. We have tried calling Congressman Daryl Issa. They are refusing, refusing to get involved in this. They think we're a bunch of crazy people. That, that's a exact quote. We, they think we're a bunch of crazy people. Also, you journalists out there, 
people like you, Andrea, you can file a FOIA request. The more FOIA requests that go out, the more it tells Congress that they have to release this report. All right. Well, thank you for bringing bringing this story here. You know, um, yeah, that it's. I'm not surprised to hear that our local Congress people said you're crazy if you want to talk about voter fraud or, or any anything that's going on here. It's like I said at the beginning of this. This is the shame game. If you question the validity of our system here, whether it's the polling or whether it's the media or whether you know it's uh, the elections themselves, it's oh you're you're a crazy person. Well, you know, there you just heard it from one woman. This is what happened to her. I mean, we're hearing reports all over the nation right now. We We've got millions of dead people on their rolls. Uh, you know, I know from back when I worked with the Republican Party here and I was one of the people who worked the polls and I would go around to the neighborhoods. I know that we had a, we had a congressional district, district. We had a congressperson win here by 65 votes. This will swing in 2000. Bush v. Gore, what was that about? The entire national election hinged on 500 votes in Florida. This will swing an election. We're not crazy to want to do this. But you know what? Speaking of crazy, what's crazy is what Paul Ryan supports. The U.N. and other foreign nationals, that's who's polling and monitoring our polling stations. He's OK with that. He's also, I guess, OK with the fact that we're finding out today that illegals are going door to door for Hillary. I got to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to switch gears. We got to talk about the scandalous story involving our military. We got to talk about Obamacare. More Andrea K. Show coming up right after the break. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. AM eleven seventy. The answer. Traffic. Five freeway northbound at Carmel Valley. We earlier had a stall. Looks like that's still being tended with traffic delayed. Also, five southbound at Oceanside Boulevard in North County. A breakdown there. That's making for a little bit of slow traffic as well. Eight freeway eastbound near Fairmount. Earlier, a stall. With the traffic lane blocked for a time, traffic is starting to slow down on the eastbound side. And a little bit of a delay still being indicated, 805 southbound approaching the 8 freeway. I'm Richard Turnage on AM 1170, The Answer. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. You talk dirty to me. Talk dirty to me. That's a great song. Guess who's sitting in now with me? Dijon. DJ Dijon, baby. That's right. Uh-huh. We got to talk about a little talking dirty. We got a new third video of Project Veritas came out. Lots of dirty talk about Donald and a duck. Just, you know, I wasn't surprised to find out that that was actually Hillary Clinton's idea, by the way, in part of her collusion uh, to send out Donald Ducks in, in costume to go around. Trump ducks his taxes. 
because it was so unoriginal, unclever, lacking in anything even remotely, you know, um, interesting. That's Hillary Clinton. But there are more WikiLeaks uh, to come about. Where is the FBI, by the way, investigating that? Right. I guess they're still investigating the greatest civil rights, you know, story of our time, Trayvon Martin down in Florida, because they're nowhere on the fact that we have a presidential nominee out there, obviously colluding with the DNC and with the super PAC. That's just another way that it's being rigged. We haven't even gotten into the fact that they bragged about bussing people in. I know personally I had friends call me in 2012 and in the general election and for Harry Reid's uh, re-election. Friends of mine who worked in the casinos uh, calling me and saying they're pulling buses up to the casinos and hauling illegals who are working to the casinos to go and vote. That's happening. And this was all revealed on uh, the videos there. But some other dirty talk happened because we're going to get into a little economic talk here. A little Donna Brazil doing some dirty talk. Because, you know, Paul Ryan, Hillary Clinton, they're just two people with uh, dreams that they keep that with uh, private positions and public positions. She recently come out in WikiLeaks. She said some truth, actually, in, in some private emails to people. And talking about the economy, she says, I think people are more in despair about how things are. Yes, new jobs, but they are low wage jobs. Gee, doesn't that sound like a Republican and, and Donald Trump? Because he is the truth. She goes on to say housing is a huge issue. Most people pay half of what they make to rent. Actually, that's not a housing issue, Donna. Here's where I got to educate you on some economics. That's that's an issue of jobs, the economy, free markets, because this is what happens in liberal land. When you stifle economic growth through regulation and taxation, when you make it impossible for businesses to start and to grow, because then there's no jobs. That's that. That's an end result of it. But then, about a month later, suddenly I don't know what happened. Suddenly, she, I, you know, suddenly she perked up, I guess, because then she tweeted out under President Obama, the economy has experienced a record seventy straight months of private sector job growth, over a million, fourteen million jobs! Exclamation point. Um, you know, that's about as honest as President Obama and Obamacare. Uh, new information coming out on Obamacare. Um. Nothing new in terms of, you know, um, results, because anybody who was paying attention, you know, knew uh, beforehand that this was going to be the likely result, that we were going to have uh, the truth come out, that when Obama said everybody's costs will go down $2,500 per year, uh, your costs will be about the same as your cell phone bill. If you like your insurance, you can keep your insurance. Uh, we all knew that that, that wasn't going to be true. Those of us paying attention. Now, those of us, you know, who who bought into the falsehood and the fantasy, the utopia that the left left loves to tell us about that fits on a bumper sticker, but doesn't, you know, there's never any reality to back it up. What ended up happening was as soon as as, as the American people started to feel the pinch of it in 2014, they put the majority of uh, both houses to the Republican Party to get rid of Obamacare. And what did they do? They ended up funding it. Where are we now? We've now got people. Reports are coming out that in 2017, uh, the average increase in premiums is going to be 25%. 25%. There are people that are posting pictures on Facebook. One gal posted that her, her premiums are jumping from $700 to $1,800 a month. On top of it, the deductibles average per family of $10,000. That means that you got to put out $31,600 as a family before your insurance ever kicks in. That's $3,000 a month. 
That's more than the average person's mortgage payment is. But take heart because CNN, CNN put out an article today says, don't panic. Here's some good news. First of all, they went on to say, point one, that the insurers, they just underpriced initially in 2014. So really, the prices are actually going back to where they should have been in the first place. Oh, wait, CNN, I guess you're telling me that was one more lie. Okay, so basically you're admitting that you know that Obama lied. So good news, he lied. And now we're going to be paying all these exorbitant prices that we were never supposed to pay. Okay. Uh, The second good point was that here's some other good news. Some states are actually going up 50%, while other states are only going up 7%. So the good news is, is if you live in one of the states that the rates are only going up 7%, yay for you. Too bad for the rest of you living in the states where your premiums are going up 50%. And then the most important point that they they thought was going to be a selling point was that some enrollees will get tax credits to offset it, and they'll end up only paying about $75 a month because these are the people that don't, that are the low income earners. However, what that means is the people who don't qualify because they actually make an income, those people are going to have to, quote, bear the full weight of Obamacare. That's a really hefty weight. That's like the weight of Marxism. That's the bear that was on the USSR's flag or Russia's flag on your back. Because that's really what this is about. Okay, this was nothing more than a socialist Marxist income redistribution scheme. The very one that Ronald Reagan warned us about in 1964. He said the inroads to socialism will be through our health care system. And that's what this is. Because on top of $31,600 a year before your insurance kicks in, most states are down to one insurer. And oh, by the way, that 31600 a year is only going to give you a card. Maybe good for you if it's plastic, but it doesn't necessarily mean that any doctor is going to actually see you. So you pay, could be paying $31,600 for nothing. That's the reality of Obamacare. Uh, uh, Jason says the, the it, premiums are going up 160% in Arizona. What's the, what is Obama now telling us? Hey, you know what? We just got to We just got to double down on it. We just got to fix it. Hey, we don't want to toss that out. It's like a smartphone. You don't toss your smartphone out. You just make it better. I guess unless it hides your corruption and then you hit it with a hammer. That's what you do with that cell phone. So again, he so he actually has the audacity to actually trot out a cell phone reference after he had already said that your premium is going to be the cost of nothing more than a cell phone. This was always step one. To single payer system, full government controlled health care. That's what this was. And let me tell you, if you don't know what full government health care is like, talk to anybody who had to have all their medical care provided by the VA. Talk to me because I'm the daughter of two Marines and I can tell you the kind of crappy health care I got at Keesler Air Force Base or at any of the other uh, Camp Lejeune, any of the other pla- places that I went to for health care. Speaking of the military, I am so excited uh, to have my next guest with me. His name is Steve Soroka, but actually he's called the Colonel. And I don't mean the Colonel is in fried chicken. I don't mean the Colonel is in Colonel Jessup, one of my favorite movies, A Few Good Men. No, he is actually a real Colonel. He is a retired 30-year active duty United States Air Force fighter pilot. Like, he's the real deal, people. Okay, he ain't any actor sitting in a jet in a, in a in front of a green screen somewhere. This was a man who actually lived it. Okay, so when he comes on my show, The Andrea K. Show, to talk about military issues, it's coming from a place of actual, not theory. 
He's not sitting in some room somewhere. This is a man who's lived it. Uh, fortunately for us, now that he's retired, he's uh, chief of staff for one of Nevada's largest or Nevada's largest business organization. He's also become an in-demand public speaker. Hey, Steve, welcome to the Andrea K Show for the first time. Hey, Andrea, it's great, and it's an honor to be on your show. Well, I wish that we had a better story to talk about to have you on, on top of all the outrage that everybody's got right now with all the voter you know, issues, fraud that's coming to light, like we just talked about here in California. An L.A. Times story broke here in California that California National Guard or California Guards people were being hit up 10 years later um, having that um, bill collector phone call that they needed to repay bonuses with interest going back 10 years. We're talking amounts of money that are crippling some families. What's, what's this? Why is this happening? Andrea, this is a really tragic story, and uh, I just want you to know why they call me the colonel, and that's because I make my wife and daughter call me the colonel, (laughs) just so we establish that up front. (laughs) Good. So so that's the perspective you're getting here, but this is a really tragic story. Uh, As you know, our our warriors, and I'm a champion for our warriors, our guardsmen, our reservists, and our active duty, as well as our veterans, and they are an honorable, and they are the best of our communities. And for this tragedy to happen, it is just horrendous for all of us, and it it reflects poorly on so many. And we do need to back up our Secretary of Defense that says we are going to take care of this. It was mm-hmm. great to see him come out today and say he will make sure that this is taken care of. I'm real proud to hear of that. Now, do, now let, when he said that, I, I was a little confused because some people have already paid it back. Some people have actually – one, one uh, story I heard today – uh, this this individual actually took out a second mortgage on their home. Van Meter, a Purple Heart recipient, uh, got a forty six thousand dollar bill. They actually he and his wife um, actually um, I'm losing my connection a little bit here. They actually took out a second mortgage on their home to pay that off. So are they only going to do it now for people who haven't paid it off, or, or are they going to reimburse people that did pay it off? I mean, to me, that's fair. Like you, we only have enough information to make this an interesting discussion at this point. I am hopeful, like you, that the people that took that money in good faith, they will get completely reimbursed. There is no way around that. Those people that took the money and they served their country and they stepped forward and they put their lives on the line, there is absolutely no way around not following through with them. And Well, uh, excuse me. No, you, you finish your thought. No, and I think that the outrage you hear in our nation is wonderful to bring this attention, uh, bring this issue to a nationwide attention to make sure that our warriors in California get taken care of. Well, yeah, because, you know, one of the things that, that we see, it, the, this story, I'm glad that it's going to be taken care of. I feel that, that it will. I think that those that, that already paid it back will be reimbursed. Um, I'm hopeful for it. I, I, I don't even understand how it even got to this point. I can't imagine if I had been given the instruction to call up the phone, uh, call up somebody and demand this money back or send out the letter. I would have said, no, I can't do this. I don't even I know how it got to this point. Something. Yeah, I don't know how it got to this point. But I think once again, what it's done is it's highlighted to the American people how we are not taking care of our veterans. The idea that we are importing in, quote, refugees that we can't vet by the tune of a hundred and something thousand, in the, which is the plan, providing them full housing, full education, full medical care, setting them up in businesses, creating villages around them, and that are paid for by taxpayers, paid for by our military, 
and that some of those refugees brought here will be terrorists. It's as though, are you kidding me? You're going, you're bill collecting from our military while they were over in the Middle East fighting the very people that you're bringing in here and that now these guys have to financially support them. Are you kidding me? It, just, it, it, it boggles the mind what we're doing here with our military. Our military are amazing people, Andrea. You know that, and you know I believe that. Did you know that they come from the top 20 to 30% of our communities? And then they serve our nation, and then they come back to our communities. Unfortunately, the messaging that we hear about our veterans, it seems to be all negative. And so while you're talking about taking care of refugees, our veterans are coming home and are not necessarily feeling welcome or even uh, – or. feeling valued because of the messaging we're hearing about them. And that's a really tragic thing as well. And it would be great if this would be an opportunity that we could highlight how amazing these folks are, and especially those that were were citizen warriors, where they had a civilian job and a military job, and how they committed their lives to the defense of our nation and to give us each the right to vote. Right. I have a question for you that I posed to many people back during the Iraq war, and I haven't posed it in a while to anybody military. I was concerned that um, I, I questioned back when we went to the Iraq war, whether what the strategy was all about. I never believed it was about WMD. I always believed it was about President Bush believing that democracy kind of like liberals think that, you know, if we if we give them some jobs and, and help them out and build some schools, maybe they won't hate us so much. And, and which was to me a complete a misunderstanding of the enemy. Um, but but whether or not I actually was behind going there, my question always was, can you support people would say, oh, I support the troops. I just don't support the war. Do you as as somebody who served, do you believe that Americans truly can support the troops without supporting what they're doing on the ground? That's a great question. And in, especially in this case, I think you would have to say yes. Um, our troops and our military is, are under civilian leadership. Mm-hmm. And who we elect into office, they make the decisions of where our military goes and when. And you as a warrior have to trust that those decisions are made in good faith. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you couldn't go into work every day and perform to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. So not only do you trust your civilian leaders, you have to. You, you also trust your military leaders. Mm-hmm. When I don't know if you heard that last question for you. I don't know if you heard the debate um, that uh, last week in which... Um, Hillary Clinton, and I don't even know where you stand politically or who you're supporting uh, in this election, but I I thought it was a really odd moment where one presidential candidate in the course of trying to Hillary Clinton, in in the course of trying to prove that Donald Trump was unfit to be near the nuclear codes, proceeded to to give the launch time out uh, internationally as a military person. Did you hear that? And what was your response? Well, I really try to avoid talking about that. If I could touch on something that you mentioned earlier about our WMD, and I can tell you in the Iraq war, I was in the combat zone, and in 14 days period, I put my chemical gear on 27 times, whether it was the middle of the night or trying to uh, even eat. And we believed that, um, amazingly, now that we look back, that we believed with 100% confidence that there was WMD in theater. Otherwise, we would not have put our troops at risk at 120 and 130 degrees, putting that rubber suit on. Gotcha. So you have great, great questions. And uh, 
I can just tell you what we were living at the time. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I actually interviewed a, at the time a gentleman who says that he had evidence that there was, I always believed there was WMD and that it was actually moved to Turkey. I just didn't necessarily believe that that was the reason why we went. I thought that there yeah. was a philosophy. Uh, I worked on a documentary called Baking Apple Pies, the philosophy being that if we, you know, if we just give everybody a taste of what America was about, that they wouldn't hate us anymore and want to kill us. And I just felt that that was a, a fundamental misunderstanding of the enemy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I'm going to have you back in upcoming weeks as as we go forward because, you know, uh, whoever wins uh, this election, we need to take care of our military and our troops. And it's something that's really important to me. And so I always try to feature uh, the military on my show. Steve Soroka, thanks for being here. Thank you, Andrea. And our troops are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service as well. All right. Um, And speaking of the enemy and who we face... Um, right now there are, I actually was back in uh, DC in September. I was there for Brigitte Gabriel's Act for America conference, which is about fighting radical Islam. There are several lawmakers that are doing everything they can to try to get the Muslim Brotherhood declared a terrorist organization. They're here in our country. They have camps on the ground. Their goal is to destroy us from within through the sword and Sharia. They have their manifesto to make that happen. And they are at the highest levels of our government. In fact, reports have just come out. We now know. That a gentleman, not a gentleman, a terrorist by the name of Gihad al-Haddad, uh, actually, while he was on the payroll with Hillary Clinton, uh, he was um, he became the spokesperson for Morsi with the Muslim Brotherhood. Basically, this is a man who she knew at the time incited violence. This is according to um, uh, PJ Media. He incited violence, justified the torture of protesters, recycled fake news stories. I mean, basically, this is the Muslim Brotherhood. These are terrorists. She was paying him while he helped Morsi take over the government and take over Egypt. And what happened as a result? Christians, women and children were crucified and beheaded. We have a presidential candidate whose own money went to fund the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. We only have two weeks left. This is the machine that we're up against. We're not just up against rigged machines. We're up against a D.C. machine and establishment of both parties all just wanting centralized power. And their partner is the Islamist. The the Marxists are the Democrats and the Republicans. The Republicans want power just as much. And they're partnering with the Islamists who also are a political system of centralized power. Donald Trump is the change agent. We've got to get him elected. We have to mobilize the vote. Uh, Before I'm out of time, hero of the week and fool and tool of the week. My fool and tool of the week by vast majority was Donna Brazile, actually, uh, for feeding questions uh, to Hillary Clinton via CNN, uh, for then crying that she was being persecuted uh, for her public and private face um, comments on the economy. I mean, basically, she's a traitor to her own people as well, because when she knows what the deal is on the economy, she's just she's just another sellout uh, for her. Uh, um, my runner up on Fool and Tool was Joe Biden, because crazy Uncle Joe, he said he wanted to <laughs> he wanted to fist fight Donald Trump. Did you hear about that, Dijon? Joe Biden, he, he challenged, I think he challenged him to a duel. I would pay a lot of money to see that. To, to, see, uh, to see him fight out. Do you think Donald Trump would gra- grab him by his plugs, his hair plugs? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm always down for a geriatric throwdown. 
<laughs> All right. Now, my hero of the week, my hero of the week is the people that Donald Trump talked about in his Gettysburg Address. The, uh, the, those of us who recognize that it isn't us versus a machine year, that this machine, this machine of Marxism, of socialism, of a complete centralized power base that, that is a one-party system of Republicans and Democrats partnering with the Islamists. Paul Ryan doesn't care how many terrorists come in from, from Syria. He didn't care because he, he built a wall around his own house. It's all about power for them. But you know what? And the media is a part of that. But there is a there is a percentage of American out there, and I think it's a far greater percentage. And that's why they're fudging on the polls, because they know that there's a great percentage of American people, the American voter who is seeing through this fog of war. They, call, they talk about a fog of war. There's it, we we almost have a fog of war going on in this country on this us versus them, because the media is working with both parties to do what conspire to keep us unaware and to keep us compliant. But there's American voters out there that are prepared to take this country back with Donald Trump in two weeks. And we've got to help that happen. And helping me tonight was my guest, Jason Miller, Diane Bouchard. I had Gerard Lamero, Steve Soroka. DJs, Carrot Stick, and Dijon. Follow, hey, follow me on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Let's keep keep this conversation rolling. Love you all. Have a great night, everybody. This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group.